0: Welcome to Livingstones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. So, if you guys have turned to John 3, um, the title of this, and I always, you know, I always tell Pastor Justin, I always tell, am I doing something wrong? I always tell Pastor Justin, I always tell others, I, I struggle a little bit, I wrestle with message titles and what to name them, and points, and things like that. Um, but this one is called Why. Uh, really simple, just why. And it's a, it's a simple one-letter word, but it's a big question that I think we miss. So I'm going to ask you guys to go to John 3, and we're going to start with verse 14 through 17. And you guys are already here. what's sandwiched in between there, the verse that we all know. The most of the world knows, John 3:16. And we know what that's about, but sometimes I think we miss something hidden in there that is the foundation for what I want to share with you this morning. So I'm going to go straight to John 3, 14, and Scripture says this is the New King James version. I know it's a little different than we normally do, and thank you, Danny, for for rodeoing that right at the last minute. Um, But some of these verses, there's just so much more depth to me in the New King James, so I really wanted to draw that out. So I want to read this to you. Um, First John three fourteen starting fourteen says and Moses lifted up, and as Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. This is the one we know. It's bumper stickers. It's on coffee mugs. You see it at football games. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but has what will have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but through the world it might be saved. And reason I want to focus on John 3.16 to start is whether it's in church, whether it's in our personal lives or our work lives, I want to focus on the question why. Uh, and I'm going to be a little bit interactive with you guys this morning because most of us know Our what? Our what? Um, maybe this is more of a guy thing, but when two guys are get, get introduced for the first time, whether it's in a secular setting or church setting, what's the first question we usually ask? What do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? And so often we get our identity in our, in our what. But I think, and there's more to it, but I think what John 3.16 starts us with, beyond that God so loved the world that he sent his son, in there there's some deeper meanings because the what in that verse is giving a son. And when we, when we introduce each other, it's pleasantries. John and I were talking about pleasantries in different cultures this morning. We so often focus on the what. What do you do for a living? In a church setting, what ministry do you serve? What do you do for the church? In work or in church, what role do you have? And I think John 3.16 is so clear that the what comes after the Why? and that's why this is titled why. And so many of us, we get our identity, we get our value, we get our worth from our what instead of our why. And the, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it is because when we transition from the what to the why, things change. There's nothing wrong with the what, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the what. But when, when they look at people and say, you're God's favorite, it's not because of what you do. Doesn't matter what your job is doesn't matter whether you preach up here or you serve in the cafe or you do security or backing kids. Those are important, but that's not where your, your what is not where your worth comes from. That's not where your value comes from. So I want to take us to the why. And the why in John 3.16 is so simple, yet we miss it. We all know it. We can say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The what is he gave a son. The why is what? The why is because he so loved the world. Because you're his favorite. Because he loves you. And I was even challenging this week because I really my heart's deepest desire is that we walk away and that every one of us knows our why. And, and I'm already getting to a point and I don't know if I'm there yet. Again, th- I'm not as good at this as Pastor Justin but we know the what but we don't know the why. So we'll already hit the first point. I'm going to let my why Define my what. Because your why has to define your what. And we're going to get deep into looking at Jesus because our why, there's specific whys that we all have, there's specific callings. And that's why I love that verse, that there's no greater call. But that greatest call has to be about Jesus. doesn't matter whether you preach. doesn't matter whether you go halfway around the world to Estonia or to Mexico or to save orphans, those are all important. I'm not minimizing, absolutely not minimizing those, but those are the what's. Why? Yeah. And sometimes even we get burnt out and we get tired and we find emptiness in the what when we don't have our why. Yeah. So I want to take us to our why. And again, that first point is, let my, I will let my why define my what, not the other way around. Because so often we do it the other way around. And I only know one person in history that I see that did the other way around, and that was Jesus. So my heart today is that what I say here, what I think about scripture, I was talking to, um, (laughs) my mind goes blank. But my greatest heart's desires that we find are are wise. So I'm going to take you quickly to Luke 22. And it's 41 through 43. And this is... um, this is the story of when Jesus was praying in the garden. <laughs> and um, something I believe is that when Jesus came, because we know God sent him with the destination of the cross. And he did a lot of things in his life and his journey. But I believe that from the time, and this is I believe, and I would challenge people study, understand the secrets for yourself, but I believe that Jesus, from the time he was of a conscious age to know, that he knew his destination was the cross. His why was motivated by love, and his what was that cross. I believe he always knew he was going there. And he did a lot of things in between. But sometimes we think, I can't be like Jesus. I I have a human side. I can't do what Jesus did. And I want to read you Luke 22, 41 through 43. And this is when he took Peter, James, and John into the garden. And they were praying, but he left them to go be alone with the father and scripture says and when he was drawn about a stone's throw away he knelt down and prayed and he said father if it is your will take this cup from me nevertheless not my will but your will be done then an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him and I see I see a couple things in there first of all we we think and we will always fall short of Jesus. But Jesus in the moment in the garden, his why was love, his what was the cross, but in his flesh in that moment, I imagine it going like this in my head. This is my paraphrase, this is in scripture. Got it? my flesh, I really don't want to do this. This is not comfortable, this is not what I want. But because of my why of love, I'm gonna do what your will is, not my will is. And that's why I think we have to separate our what from our why, because when we have, we're focused on our what, and when we define our what, then we can't get off of it. Yeah. But when we define our want, our what, sometimes we make excuses not to do it. Jesus had every excuse. Scripture tells us later that he had the power to come off the cross if he wanted to. And I believe if he was just about the what and he defined his own what, he, his flesh would have wanted to come across it. Any one of us would have come off the cross. But the why defined as what. And because of that why, why, He stayed on the cross. Even to go to the Father and say, God, I don't want to do this. This is uncomfortable. This is going to be painful. God, Jesus knew everything he was going to suffer, but he did it anyway. And sometimes I think when we're so driven, and, and I get like this, guys, we are so driven by our what and we're so focused on our what because we define it. And that's where I love that song, Brad, because are we willing to go back and say, not my will. God, this is what I want to do or this isn't what I want to do, but I'm going to do what you want to do. And instead of holding our what like this, how often do we hold our what's like this? And we talk about this as a pastoral team all the time. Are we going to hold our what's like this? We're going to hold them like this. That song had a line in it that said, I lay it all down. This is laying it all down. This is not. But without a why, and without a why that we'll get to that comes from Jesus, we're going to do this so as jesus i imagine and, and and there's a story and these these aren't going to be on the board but i want to go through a series of things that jesus did because there was always a why for his what and i imagine when jesus if you know the story and, and i'll give it to you for those who take notes um, it's in uh, luke 2 and it's 41 through 49 and this is when they were making a pilgrimage right and they were, I don't know if the Scripture exactly says, but they were partway back, and suddenly Mary and Joseph couldn't find Jesus. And they were, and he was about 12 years old, and they feared he was lost. Where was he? He was in the temple learning and teaching. The what is what he was doing. But when Mary and Joseph found him, and, and they were so panicked, do you guys remember what he said? He had a why. Didn't you know I needed to be about my father's business? So one of our whys, are we going to be about our father's business? Jesus came and God sent him motivated by love. The cross was always desti- his destination motivated by love. But in a moment, a 12-year-old boy said, I need to be about my father's business. Are we always about our father's business? Not if we don't have the right why. The what's easy, but the why was there. There's another one um, In Matthew 20, these aren't on the board, but but write them down and seek these out. What I encourage you guys is read these, seek these out. Look for the what's and the why's in this. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you in this. But in Matthew 20, 29 through 34, there were crowds gathered and they were following Jesus. And there were two blind men that cried out to Jesus because they wanted their sight. They had a what for Jesus. Jesus the crowd was annoyed and even the disciples the crowd was annoyed and the disciples were annoyed and said be quiet because all they saw was a what? I believe and Jesus saw them and scripture said he had compassion on them ah, Jesus had a why the men even had a what? the crowd had a what? these two annoying men and how often do we see that? It could be a church, it could be with kids, it can be a ministry, it can be a homeless person. That person that's annoying that's distracting. That's what everybody saw but Jesus, because he saw he had a why versus a, a what. And his what was compassion. And he even asked them, What do you want me to do for you? But his motivation why. And his motivation was compassion. And there's there's more, but those are just a couple. Another time we see in Mark 6, it's uh, 30 through 43. We all know stories of when Jesus fed 5,000, right? But do we know why? Again, there were some examples. This, this particular example is there were hungry people he had been preaching. And as a matter of fact, in this particular story, they had been preaching and ministering, uh, Jesus and the disciples, and they'd set at seed to go get away and get some rest. And as they were coming back, The crowd had followed them and they were there to greet them. So they were going for a time of rest. Imagine the disciples were probably even a little bit annoyed. The disciples' response was, what are we going to do with all these people? How are we going to feed them? They told Jesus, send them away so they could eat. Because they saw what? And again, scripture says, but Jesus saw them and had compassion on them. His why of compassion, his why motivated by love, is what brought the miracle of feeding 5,000. Because all the disciples, and we guys, we do this, all the disciples saw was a what and a problem. Send them home so they can go eat. That's where, that was their answer, because all they saw was a what. And we're going to get to this in a minute, but I, I identify, I don't know if anybody else does, I identify with Peter. And imagine being Peter through this, because Peter was a little bit, Peter was a hothead, Peter was emotional. Peter reacted in emotion, Peter reacted in the moment and the heat of the moment. And I imagine Peter in these times getting frustrated with Jesus. And we're going to see in a minute a transformation in Peter, but that's another example of a what and a why. And then the last one I have, and there's many more, guys. Search the Gospels, there's many more. But in John 4, 21 through 28, Jesus encountered a Samaritan woman at a well. And I think we all know this, but something of scripture doesn't detail as much as history is anybody seen the movie The Outsiders or a movie like The Untouchables yeah to Jews Samaritans were rejects they were ugly they were dirty you did not talk to them you did not associate with them especially a man speaking to a Samaritan woman was unheard of think about the things that are taboo in today's culture whether it's American culture or our church culture you just don't do that Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman is, you don't do that. You don't do that. And the what was she was there to draw water. Right? But Jesus had a why he loved her, and he, he knew her soul was hurting. He knew her soul was tired. And he, again, his why was motivated by love. And what I love about that one is, I see the Samaritan woman, the scripture says she went back and she spoke to her village, and she brought them to know Jesus. And in each one of these stories, you all, not only when Jesus did a why, uh, used a why, the what brought fruit. This woman became an evangelist in my mind. She went and brought people to Jesus. The blind men that were healed, it says they got up and immediately followed Jesus. They may not be listed as disciples, but they were listed as followers. I don't know. Just Keith little brain. They could, have been one of the 70, they could have been two of the 72 that went out from any of the other followers. But every single time, you see people that not only were reached, but people that went out and did something. A Samaritan woman that became an evangelist to a place that Jews would never go. Two blind men that immediately followed Jesus. And I imagine I missed, when I was looking through scripture for how Jesus handled people, there's probably dozens or hundreds of examples. These are just a handful. Just a handful. But I go back to when Jesus prayed in the garden, and when we pray, so often we pray about the what, and I think we completely miss the why's. And there's nothing wrong with praying about the what's, I would never say that. But we often say, what is your will for me, God? Should I take this job, should I buy this house, should I buy this car? Should I do this, should I even go do this ministry? Should I take this trip? All valuable, all important. But I think when we're not praying and we're missing the why, we're missing a big, big thing. And sometimes are we going to Jesus and are we saying, what's my why? And that brings me to a point that I, I probably already skipped over. No, we're in a good place because I will let my why motivate my what. First I'm going to let my why define it, then I'm going to let my why motivate it. Why would Jesus, knowing what he would suffer, go to the cross? Maybe he wouldn't have if it was about the what. But the why was love. And it was always that. And I even ask myself and others, when we get tired, when we get burnt out, when we just don't feel like doing something, is it our what that we're following or is it our why? Because when we go after that why, I don't think we're ever going to get tired. I don't think we're ever going to stop pursuing Jesus. I don't think we're ever going to stop doing what he's called us to do. And that's why I love John 3.16 because it's so simple. I think of Sarah and other teachers. It's so academic why before what. But we usually put what before why. I know I do sometimes, so often, so often. So I'm going to bring you back to Peter. Yeah, we have a little bit of time. I'm going to bring you back to Peter. And I want to go to John 21, 15 through 17. And this, we all know, typically in Scripture, this would be defined as, the, 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 the subtitle or heading in your Bible would say, Jesus restores Peter, or Peter restored but again, I think we missed something in here. So I'm going to read it to you. It says, so when they had eaten breakfast, and mind you, this is after Jesus had died and come back and revealed himself to apostles at different times, or disciples. He said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. That's verse 15. (laughs) Do you guys see what Jesus is doing there? He gave him a what, but he's trying to give him a why first. Verse 16, again, a second time, he said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. Again, that was a what, but Jesus went after that why first. And this one is the one that startles me the most. Verse 17, and he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he asked him a third time. And he said, Lord, you know that I love you. Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter's feelings were hurt, though. Why did Jesus ask him three times? And I imagine it's because Peter, the first couple of times, didn't get the why. Didn't get the why. Because scripture we all know says, If you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, you will do the things that I ask you to do. And sometimes what we miss in those scriptures, and I challenge anybody really to go look at this, there are times that Jesus and Peter were using a different Greek word for love because Peter didn't get it. But in that moment, the third time he asked him, and sometimes it's hard because sometimes our feelings get a little bit hurt. Sometimes our feelings need to be hurt. You you guys ever have your kid or your toddler, and they just won't listen, they just won't listen, they just won't listen. And you got to snap a little bit or do something, and it kind of startles them. And it hurts their feelings a little bit. That's what gets our attention. Sometimes we we need our feelings a little bit hurt, and we need something to snap us to get our attention. And I don't know about you, but I identify with Peter. I'm kind of a stubborn, (laughs) and I don't get it. And that third time, what I identify, as I imagine, in my mind, this is an inscription, I imagine my Peter and I's Jesus meeting. And I imagine that Peter finally got that question, do you love me? And if you love me, that's your why, Peter. And if that's your why, my what? Is take care of my church, build and take care of my church, feed my lambs. But you also see, when I look at the life of Peter, I think Peter, so many times before that, defined as What? We know Peter was the hothead in the garden that when they came to arrest Jesus whipped out a sword and cut off an ear. What was the why behind that? I don't know, but the what was Peter's and the why wasn't defined by Jesus clearly. And in the moment in the garden, Jesus defined Peter's what, or sorry, his why, and gave him his what out of that. And Peter went on to be one of 12 men that turned the world upside down. But it wasn't until Peter got the why. And I think if we look at other times in Peter's life, he did hot-headed things, he did stupid things. When Jesus talked about going to the cross, what did Peter say? I'm not going to let you go to the cross. Paraphrase, I'm not let you go to the cross. And what did Jesus have to say? Get behind me, Satan. Because the what was Peter's and he didn't get the why. But there's a moment in the garden, a third time when Peter's feelings were a little bit hurt. I, imagine, I just imagine them connecting eyes, and he got it. And I want all of us to have that moment where we get it. It can be a ministry, it can be a work. You know, Scripture talks about doing everything is unto God, whether you eat, whether you drink, but everything you do, you do is unto God. Because it's easy to translate some of these whys all to ministry. But I look at some of the faces, you may run a business, you may do something in the world, but why are you doing it? You doing it for you? Are you doing it for a paycheck? Or are you doing it for Jesus? And guess what? I'm gonna say something bold. If you're doing it for a paycheck, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Hmm. That's hard. I know the first time I got a hold of that, it was a gut punch. I have to work. I have to pay my bills. But is that why I'm going to work? Ah, it's gotta be for Jesus. Because he can pay my bills any way he wants. Again, he can do anything he wants. So if I'm doing my profession just to get a paycheck, I'm wrong and I'm not following Jesus and I need to get right. I need to clear up my why. Because my why shouldn't be to pay my bills, he's got that. And I wanna spend a few minutes talking about how we find our why. Because you know, it's not my job, it's not Pastor AJ or Pastor it's not Pastor Justin's job to tell you your why. It's not our job. We can help lead you there. It's Holy Spirit's job to tell you why. And I believe everybody here can find their why in Scripture because I don't need to tell you why. And when I said about work and paychecks, it's not wrong to go to work. It's not wrong to do person. Those things are God have gifted you to do. The talents that he's given you to do to be used, absolutely. And that's how he chooses to pay your bills and that's how he chooses to finance you. That's absolutely true. But that can't be your why. Because when you get tired or when the bills don't pay or any number of things, and imagine, and I imagine there's people in there that have, I've gone through this, I know Pastor AJ's gone through this. If your what, is, and your why is just about working to pay the bills, what happens when you get that pink slip and you lose that? Your value, your identity, everything is gone. Can we say that we would, when we would go to work, our why is still Jesus? Because he's gonna put me in the path of someone when we go on vacation and have a great story that God given us that you just, it's funny how he works. I, I love what Miss Lori Gonzalez on the CERT team says. She says, God's so cute because he does things that you can't imagine. And I'm probably way off notes and way off track and I don't really care. Am I good on time, Sarah? I'm okay. I'm okay. So I want to give us a foundation for how to find our Why? And there's different translations, but in Ephesians 2.10 it says we are God's handiwork. Some translations say masterpiece. Created to do good works that he planned for you ahead of time. There's one translation I don't remember, which is it says that he planned for you for, from before the beginning of time. That's the what, but the why is because you are God's handiwork you are a masterpiece, you are a son, you are a daughter, you are a prince, you are a princess, period. Because he loves you, that's the why. But the what is pretty cool too because do you know that the ministry opportunities, whether that work, whether they seem big fancy ministry with the title in the church, or that's that, it's that chance encounter at a store or at a parking lot or a gas station, do you know he designed that encounter for you before you were ever born before the foundation of the earth. That he would love you so much, but he would love that person so much that he would orchestrate and design that encounter then. That's what that verse says to me. That starts to give us some whys. That's the, to me, that's a foundation for why. And, and I guess I ask myself, do I want to be Peter? The head of What? and got, was fiery and passionate, but Jesus had to put him in his place a lot because he didn't get it and he didn't have a good why. Yeah. And maybe he did have a why, but it wasn't Jesus that defined it, it was him. And I guess that's where I'm driving. We, we got to forget about the what because I, I believe if we don't have a why and we don't have a why from Jesus, I'm not sure the what's we do even matter. We can go all over the world. We can do everything under the sun. We can do the greatest things in history, if we don't have a good why and it doesn't come from Jesus, it's for not. And I didn't even put this in the notes, but there's a scripture that comes to mind, and I think it's um, king country or somebody sings that I can, I can sing, I can speak in tongues, I can do miracles, paraphrase, like I can do all these things, but if I have not love, it is nothing. And Jesus' why for coming and going to the cross was love. So if we don't have a why and it's not from him, we're, we're wasting our time yeah. the beautiful thing is that when we have that it's beautiful and not only are you not wasting our time but you're gonna want more and you're gonna want more and you're gonna want more so I'm gonna ask a question I'm gonna, and I'm actually gonna pause for 10-15 seconds I'm gonna ask everybody to think about this what's your why what's your wife for going to work what's your wife for coming to church and setting up chairs or or doing security or doing kids but I'm going to go beyond the things that you What's your why? What excites you? What gets you out of bed? What makes you kick? And I do believe that God gives every one of those. And I believe that has to come from Scripture. <laughs> and sorry, guys, I missed a point before we get there. I am going to hit a point because this is important. Let Jesus defi- I will let Jesus define my why and my what. I don't know about you, and I tried for a long time, but I don't want to define my why or my what anymore. And even in ministry, for a long time, I wanted to do that. I remember things like my desire. You guys know my, and you guys know um, the twist is love for Estonia. But we can be so focused on that what that we can forget to hear God. I'm going to let Jesus define my why and my what. That's a commitment we have to make between him and us. But the question becomes, how do I find that why? What is that why? What does Jesus tell me? Through prayer. But I'm going to give you a couple of mine. And I think our what's, I I believe this is not scripture, this is not denomination, this is just little Keith P. Brain. I believe everybody should have a a why verse that kind of leads to a mission statement. And I don't get into the formality of those stuff. But what What gets you out of bed? What makes you tick? What in scripture makes you do what you do? And I'm going to give you three. The last one's the most important. But I have three that really make me tick. And one of them is Micah Mm 6.8. And so many times we ask, what's God's will for me? Am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do that? But the why in that verse for me, because Micah 6.8 says, what is God's will for you? Love mercy, live justly, and walk humbly with your God. Love people, love mercy, just do the right thing, walk humbly with Jesus. And I don't have to spend a ton of time stressing about all these other things. Does he want me to go to Australia? Does he want me to do this, does he want me to do that? His will for me, Keith, is to live Micah six eight. Yeah. Really simple. And then my next one is Matthew nine, thirty five through thirty eight. I'm gonna give you those. And this is when Jesus looked at a crowd. And and these guys, they're not for everybody. I give you these because these are my personal ones. Sometimes people think, oh, you do a lot of things and you do this sort of certain team and do that. I'm telling you what gets me out of bed makes me tick. Why do I do those things? This one is more maybe the heart of a pastor because this one is this, Jesus said the crowd of people and he saw them. And he had compassion, but he had compassion because he saw people that were lost and confused without a shepherd. And that's when Jesus spoke the words that, again, we know are on a, a coffee mug or a, a bumper sticker that say, pray, because the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. But that's another one that motivates me. And what gets me out of bed is people that are lost. People that are hurt. But I'll tell you one that's the most important, and I don't know, I think, I think Pete put this on the thing. The most important to me, and this is what gets me out of bed, and this filters into my prayers every day. And it's Luke 4. And it says, what of you, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one, does not leave the 99 in the world and go after the one until he finds it. Now, I'm not telling anybody else that needs to be their verse. But that's what makes me tick. That's what gets me out of bed this morning. Some, some people here probably think I do crazy weird things. My wife thinks I do crazy weird things. But who wants to know why I do it? That's why. That's the why that Jesus gave me. as I was thinking about this, I think to myself, if one of us had 50 bucks we lost in our house, $50 bill, would we not search everywhere? Would we not tear it up? Would we not pull up couch cushions looking for it? And this is for me, not for you, but I challenge you to find your why in these things. Or you lost your car keys, you'd tear up your house. But a lost person, or a homeless person, or an orphan, I can make an excuse. See, that's why I don't make excuses in my mind, and that's why I don't not. That's why I do, because my why and my heart is to go after the one. And that's not everybody's, but I challenge you to find it. Because I think to myself, I would tear up my house looking for my car keys or a $50 bill. But you kidding me? I can't go put that much energy into a person that's lost? Whoa, Something's broken in my thinking if I can't do that. So that's that's my why. That's what gets me out of bed. And out of that, and again, this is for me, but I share this with you because my desire, guys, is that you wouldn't hear a good sermon. It's not just about amen. It's not about that. It's about you walk away with something deeper. Right. So out of that verse, I've written, and, and I don't prescribe this as a big formal thing, but I've written something that I get personal. And my mission, my heart, out of that verse, and my why is to live every day to impact at least one life for eternity. And that impact can be some big sermon. It could be the smallest thing that the world doesn't think is big. But my desire is to impact a life for eternity. And what's funny is I pray that often, and he does that. But sometimes it's not convenient. Sometimes he completely detours and derails your day and takes you in a different direction. When we pray it, we've got to mean it. But I often pray, and you guys know we went on a pastoral retreat. And it was Monday, and we were sitting and we were praying together. And I think I can share some details because we got to get on a boat together. We got to get on a cruise and, and do fun stuff. But one of our prayers and one of my prayers in the middle of that, on Monday when we were meeting, we spent some time in prayer. We, we dedicated, what, an hour, hour and a half to just pray. And out of my prayer, and I challenge you to find your why in, in Scripture. That's, but I pray that. And what I prayed was that we're going off to do something fun. We're going off to get a break and connect together. But my why was still, God, because I pray this, God, give me just one today. I don't care what it is. I don't care how big or small it is. But I just want one life that I can step into and do something. It could be opening a door. It could be the the clerk at the grocery store that you look at their name badge and call them by name and just ask how their day is. That might make a difference in their day or their eternity. It doesn't have to be big fancy. It doesn't have to be pre-planned. But I pray that all the time. God, just give me just one. Because leave the 99 and go get the one. So we prayed that on Monday. And I prayed that on Monday. And I believe God would give us somebody, And then we're off doing our thing. And we're getting ready to board a boat. And We go to, I don't even know what grocery stores. We go to a grocery store, Albertsons. And Pastor Sarah and Pastor Chelsea go in. And the rest of us are sitting in the car. And we're waiting. And I remember even us talking about it. Because we're like, this is taking a really long time. And I don't know all the interaction, but they were in line with the lady. That was behind them. And I think they ended up paying for her groceries. No. Okay, well, her wrist hurt. And they ended up praying over her. And then they walked out the car with her. We didn't plan this. We had no idea. And as they were walking out to help her put her groceries in the car, and she had a, a, a case of water, and I jumped out to get it. That's why I love what Lori Gonzalez got so cute. Guess where she was parked? Right next to us. And she was there before we were. And as we walked out, they discovered that she is homeless, living in a a kind of shelter. But she's a believer. And she needed some more things. So Sarah and Pastor Sarah and Pastor Chelsea went and got her some more things. But as I was talking to her, she had so much hurt. She's homeless. She's frustrated with God. The people around her that she tries to be a witness to are horrible to her. So sometimes we don't know our why. Sometimes we just lose sight of our why and we need to refocus on it. She was a believer. She knows and loved Jesus. This woman's name is Ruan. Did I get it right, Ruan? I don't even know how to spell that, but pray for her. But as we're talking to her, it turns out she's a singer. And she's a gospel singer. And this doesn't matter in terms of skin color. She's a beautiful black gospel singer. And mind you, we're doing this and it's raining and it's wet and it's a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, I had a, I had a hoodie on that was, that was getting wet and soaked. But you saw the pain in her eyes, and I said, you know what, I said, I want to give you a why. Will you sing for us? And she remembered in that moment her why was the talent that God given her to sing. And I don't know who else got to see this, but as she was singing, she, I asked her to sing some Amazing Grace. And then she started singing more. And we had a to be, but it didn't matter in that moment. But she started singing and she got her why back. The what was so beautiful. But what was more important than that, guys, I wish I could articulate this. I didn't take a picture because I didn't feel as appropriate. The pain, the fear, the anger that left her eyes. And the beauty and freedom of release in her eyes was incredible. We couldn't plan that. And that's why worship is so important. What you guys do is so important. Because she got her why back in a moment. And she got a renewed sense of what her, her what was in this homeless shelter. Was to minister and sing to people regardless of what they thought. And to be a witness and a light. And it's not her fault, but she lost that. She was tired and she lost focus on her why. And what's funny is we got to give her her why back. But we got a better gift than she did prayed and asked God my why give me just one I just want to make a difference in one life every day and God honored that that day and he gave us together that one we will probably never see her again in this life we may never know but seeing her eyes that's ah, good enough for me God is good enough for me I wish I could I wish I could explain it. I wish everybody could see it because when you have your why and that's my why And he gives you your what because he defined your why. You get those and you want more, and you want more, and you don't get tired. And you say, God, I wanna do this again, what's next? (laughs) And then it doesn't become an exercise in checking boxes anymore. It doesn't become an exercise in just doing the what's anymore because all your what's are motivated by your why, and Jesus gave you that why. And I've sadly said that like a 100 times but it matters because I think boldly and scripture I believe sports are what's are garbage if we don't have a why that comes from Jesus. And your why can be different than mine. It's 100% okay because you guys are not me and you're not created like me. But I share my why's because I want, if you guys don't know it, I want you to find it. And I don't care if you've been a believer and walking with Jesus for a week or 20 years. There's a lot of people that sit in church every Sunday that don't have a why and it doesn't come from Jesus and it's time today to find it if you're online it's time today to find it and if you know it but you've lost sight of it because you've become tired and even jaded and even bitter go back and find your why because I believe when Jesus said you've left your first or Paul when he wrote you've left your first love it's Jesus but that's where your why comes from why do we get bitter why do we get tired go back to your first love which is Jesus and let him give you the why complicated but it's really simple so I and I've had this moment I've had this moment more than once in my life my prayer and I'm going to pray this over every person here and I'm praying pray it boldly and if it's a hard humbling thing or it hurts your feelings when it happens I'm okay with that because I'm going to pray that every single one of us if we need it or, or just need it we have our Peter moment where we meet eyes with Jesus and we get our why or we get our why back or he just reminds us of our why That's what I want today. I think we're good on time. I don't know. Hey, we're good on time. So, guys, find your why. Search scripture. Most everybody has a favorite verse or passage. Go, go, look at that. Read it. Go to the Holy Spirit. Go to God and say, is my why in here? What is my why in this? I would encourage you guys not to let today end. If you want to do it here, we're going to end in a minute. And if you guys need to leave, absolutely. But I want to give an opportunity if you guys want to come to the altar and just spend some time with Jesus and find your why, you want to go in the back. If You guys want to go home and do it. But don't let today end without asking God what that why is. Don't let to go today end without going and reading whatever your favorite verse or passage is or all of them. There could be two, there could be three, there could be four. And asking the Holy Spirit is my why and here What is my why. If you want to come spend time with uh, a pastor or leader asked A.J. and Michelle to be available, or A.J. and Sarah to be available, Michelle and John to be available. Find somebody if you need to talk to them about your wife, you need to bounce something off of them. Come to the altar, go to a corner, go home and do it. Really, it doesn't matter when, but just don't to let today go by without finding that why. Because your why will change your life, it changed Peter. And that sounds cliche and all rah-rah, but when Peter got his why, it didn't just change Peter. He was forever different but it changed the world around him. Because the world, and the other apostles too, but the world will forever be different. We are impacted by Peter thousands of years later in the moment he got his why. So don't miss it. The other thing i share, and your why doesn't have to be full-time ministry as a pastor or somebody who preaches. Your why can be in your job or your business. Because your why is what gets you out of bed and makes you tick. All your what's, because you're going to have a lot of what's. All your what's are going to be motivated and driven, defined by your why. For me, it's the 99. Leaving 99, getting the one. And that creates what's for me at work, on vacation, at the grocery store. Everywhere I go, it creates my what's. Because I don't, I don't see the what's, I see the why. And I used to pray for the what's. But now I pray the why, and the what's come. And they come in places that I don't expect. So this is not about full-time ministry and pastor. This is about believers knowing that. Because literally, French Valley and Temecula Valley and the world will change, not even because of Livingstone Church, because a bunch of believers and people that know their why. And I'm going to go do what's. Because the other thing, knowing your why and getting it deep in your heart, when your why is in your DNA and you can't get it out, you're not going to be afraid to do any of the what's. You will do whatever it takes, and you'll go wherever it takes, and you will do crazy stuff when your why comes from Jesus. And that will not only change you in the world, but it's going to affect, if you're a father, it's going to change your family. Your wife and your children are going to do it. If you're a mom, same thing. If you're a teenager, youth, and you get your why, it's going to change your family. It's going to motivate your mom, your dad, these things. People around you are, it's going to be infectious and people around you are going to run after you. So I'll leave you with this. Peter, before that moment, he knew Jesus and believed in him. But he wasn't truly following and walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Once he knew his why, he walked in the literal footsteps of Jesus. Today, I don't know and I'm not going to presume who's walking versus who just believes. We need to do more than believe in Jesus. We need to get our why and walk in his footsteps. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhaney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.